Uh, if you've got a Bible, uh, open it up and scroll with me or read with me. Psalm chapter 23 is not on the screen just yet, but it will be soon. We'll read through the whole psalm and then we'll break it down. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Already gone. I might have, I've heard that before. Yeah, this is one of those psalms that's always said at funerals because it's, it's beautiful and it's really meaningful. Um, and it should always be said at funerals. But I think it's, we do ourselves a disservice when we just leave it at, at that sort of an occasion. There is so much we can glean out from this passage for our everyday life that we don't need to just leave on uh, a solemn event like a funeral. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray. Lord, God, we thank you for today. We thank you for these next few minutes that we have together to come around your word, to learn more about you, your heart, your nature, your work. And Lord, the the role that we play in being the recipients of the good work you have done for us to enjoy. Lord, I pray that you would help me get out of the way so that you can speak powerfully through me. Lord, would you give us all ears to hear and hearts to lean into the truth that you would have for us this morning that would shape and guide our our life into the way and direction you would have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. So here's the passage on the screen. Verse 2 we're looking at this morning. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. That's what we're going to be looking at today, that particular verse. Sometimes God will enact His sovereignty by creating circumstances that will cause us to stop and to slow. While these things may not be what we want or might not be what we think we need. They certainly might be things that we haven't planned for, but we must trust that God is the good shepherd and that he will make us lie down in green pastures and lead us beside still waters. We must remember that the end result of God's work in us and through us as the good shepherd is that goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives and we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So as we follow Jesus, the good shepherd, right? That's what we do as Christians. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father except through him. So we follow Jesus, and what follows us is goodness and mercy. That's how it works. We follow him. What follows us is goodness and mercy. It's beautiful. So that's the end result. So even though we might feel like we're going through hard times and difficult times, the promise we have is that behind us will be a trail of goodness and mercy as we follow in the steps of Jesus. When Jesus is our shepherd, he makes us lie down in green pastures. He leads us to still side waters. When Jesus is not our shepherd, He lets us run aimlessly in barren, desolate places. Let that sink in for a moment. When Jesus is our shepherd, he will lead us beside still waters. He will make us lie down in green pastures. When he is not our shepherd, right? he will allow us to run aimlessly through barren, desolate 
places. In our soul, in our mind, in our spirit. No purpose, no meaning, no hope, no love, no light in life. And we wonder why we're on the, the, you know, the hamster wheel of life. Things Because there is no purpose, there's no meaning. But when we follow the good shepherd, that doesn't mean life will always be easy and gravy. But it gives us hope and a promise that goodness and mercy shall follow us as we follow the good shepherd. See, sheep, sheep will not lie down and rest if they are afraid, if they're threatened, or if they're hungry. They just won't do it. So in other words, if a sheep senses freedom from fear, freedom from aggravation, or freedom from hunger, only then will it rest. See, Jesus provides us freedom from fear. Jesus provides us freedom from harm. Jesus, as the Good Shepherd, provides us with freedom from hunger. So we then have an opportunity to go, man, if he is the Good Shepherd and has proven himself time and time in all these areas, we need to lean into him and rest. So let's look at these green pastures and still waters a little bit. Um, now, if, if you're like me, um, then when you think about this passage... He makes me lie down in green pastures. You will probably think of somewhere like this. See, that was beautiful, Brent. Right on time. I love that. Rolling hills. Ample vegetation for sheep to graze on and be nourished and fed. And, and it's lush and it's life-giving and it's, it's beautiful, right? Now, that's what I think of, right? This, this is a picture from uh, the Negev uh, region of Israel. This is part of the desert land there, which you can see. And uh, it, it's beautiful. And this picture probably is not too dissimilar to what, what David would have in mind um, when he recalled his time as a shepherd boy leading sheep. He would go, green pastures. Yeah, this is, he leads me beside, uh, he, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He'd be thinking of this. But the reality is, this area only looks like this for about two or three months of the year. Around December, January, February, that's when it's, it's sort of lush and green. For the rest of the nine months, it looks like this. The same sort of area. Now you'll see up here, there's little tufts of, of vegetation here and, and here. And, and, and what happens is in, in this desert moment, the cool air will come over at night create a bit of condensation, which gives it just enough moisture for grass to sprout up just almost overnight. There's little tufts of grass which will give the sheep enough food as they graze throughout the day so that they have enough and are provided for to survive. And the thing is, um, this area, this is in the same area in, in Israel, um, there are times when it is green and lush and there are times where it is brown, dry and arid. Both of them are green pastures. Not either or. Both of them are it's the same thing. So if we go to the next slide, that's them side by side. Now it's not exactly, so don't, don't get all caught up on the topography. It's, <laughs> I'm making a point, it's not exactly the same two pictures. Um, but the point is, it's, it's the same region, it's the same green pastures, just in different seasons. And God is, the shepherd provides for the sheep regardless of what season is externally around them. This, this makes me think about what Paul teaches to the church in Philippi. Great principle here. Philippians chapter 4, we'll start in verse 10. He says, I rejoiced greatly in the Lord that 
At last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in and in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or living in want. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Now that passage is so popular, but that passage isn't popular in the context with which it is written. We take that passage, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, and we superimpose it over all these different areas of our life, hoping that we can just cash it in as a promise. I'm going to get that promotion because I can do all things through Christ. I'm going to, I'm going to win that Olympic gold medal because I can do all things through Christ. I can, I can overcome uh, disease and, and sickness because I can do all things. Now, of course, God can help you do literally anything. But when we read the scriptures contextually, it gives us a whole new and more deep and meaningful um, appreciation of what it's actually saying. So I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength is in the context of contentment. That we can be content, that Jesus gives us the strength. He is the secret source for contentment, no matter what's happening externally in our life. No matter whether we're in a lush green pasture or whether we're in an arid brown pasture. We can have contentment in both because God, through Jesus Christ, gives us the strength to be content. And so these two areas, like... If we're honest, these are both real parts of our life. There, there are times when, like I said, it does feel like everything's green. Everything, the vegetation is full. There's plenty. And it does feel like times where it's brown and it's dry and it's, it's tough. And what can happen is, um, if we're really, really honest, in these green, lush times of our life, we can find ourselves... Now, we probably wouldn't say this like out loud... We might not even think of it really clearly, but what can happen through the way we live our life and how we prioritize things is we start to go, I don't really need God. I'm doing okay. I don't need to really depend upon him because look at what I have provided for myself. My security becomes less about trusting in the shepherd and my security becomes more about what I have created for myself, which ultimately is only a result of God being a good shepherd and giving you a blessing in times of abundance. But that's another time for another story. But... We can actually let go of our dependency upon God and put our dependency upon ourselves. Likewise, in times where it's brown, when, when provision is scarce and it feels dry and it feels lonely, we can then lose our dependency on God because we go, God, you let me down. I'm disappointed. I was, I was expecting this. You promised me this, but here I am living in this. And so I, I don't need to, I can't trust you because look at this, look at this, Lord. As, as if to say this, this has to be the ultimate experience for humanity. Now, the ultimate experience is not this or this, it's contentment regardless of that. That's the goal. But we in our human selfishness go, well, now this is, I want plenty, I want everything. And, you know, capitalism doesn't really help with any of that sort of stuff. It took away that desire for us to actually be content because we just want more, 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 more. And we want it now, 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 now. But there's something greater at play here. And the thing is, in both of these seasons, in both of these areas of our life, there is something unique we can learn about God and about ourselves if we have ears to hear. 
There is something we can learn about ourselves and how we process abundance and, and, and what, what it does to our heart. There's something about what we can learn about God and how to respond to him in his providence, in his blessing, that we can't learn in this season. And likewise, there's something in this season about feeling like we're lacking, feeling like we have nothing, feeling like we're distant or lonely, that we can learn about ourselves and how we respond and about God that we can't learn here. So it's about maximizing the moments we find ourselves in and realizing that we can have contentment regardless of the external circumstances. And I've talked to people who've, um, who've been in these, these green lush periods where everything's going super well. Life is great. Plenty of money in the bank, business is successful. And they have this almost sense of religious guilt like, oh, I don't think life's meant to be this easy. I don't think life's meant to be this good. Maybe, maybe, maybe the brown is the goal and we should keep Christians poor and, you know, because God, it's like, no. Who told you that? If, if God has graced you with abundance, embrace it. Ask him what he's called you to do with it. Ask him what his reason for that is. And if God has placed you in a place of brownness and dryness, embrace that too. And God, what can I learn about you? What, can I, what, do you? what would you have for me here? How do I get contentment in this situation? Embrace times of abundance. Embrace times of dryness and aridness. The funny thing is too, if we're really honest, um, we can be in both these places at the same time, simultaneously. Like we, we might, in, in, our, in our business, things are awesome, man. You know, Invoices are getting paid, stuff's coming in, we're really building an empire, which is fantastic, and, and everything is lush and green in our business or in our workplace or in our career pathway, but our family life feels like this. We come home from that and we go, oh my gosh, I just, my family is a mess, it's an absolute train wreck. Or, or, or we might go, man, my marriage is super healthy right now, this is so good, we're, we're communicating, we're, we're, we're getting on the same page, we're having date nights, we're getting along really real, everything's just vibrant and fun, but, but my health is in a real dry place. I'm really struggling with some major health issues. Or it could be my walk with God, my spiritual life is really healthy, it's fantastic, but my finances, man, they're really, I'm really struggling here. So, so we can find ourselves in both of these pastures, these green pastures, simultaneously at the same time in different areas of our life. But again, the goal is still the same. Paul says, I know what it's like to have plenty. I know what it's like to have nothing. I know what it's like to, to, to have my, my belly full. I know what it's like to be hungry. But the secret source in all of that is to be content. And we can be content in any situation through Christ who gives us the strength to be content. Not through our willpower, not through some sort of philosophical program, not through a Jordan Peterson podcast. It's through Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit dwelling in us that gives us contentment that is regardless of external circumstances. He also leads us beside still waters. If, if the green pastures, right, whether in plenty or in just a little bit here, just enough, if, if these green pastures are talking about God or symbols of God's provision, then these still waters are symbolic of God's refreshment and rest. So he'll make us lie down in green pastures, 
regardless of what that might look like. But he also leads us beside still waters. And the thing with sheep that I have learned, because I'm, you know, as you can tell, I'm an agricultural man, um, with my soft office hands and my wonderfully moisturized skin. Um, clearly, I know a lot about agriculture and farming, um, but I have the ability to read, so there's that. And what I have read and learned is that um, sheep won't rest while they're thirsty. There's a thirst inside of sheep that makes them agitated and they will not rest. And with that, they also have, because their sheep are so skittish, um, they won't drink by streams. They will only drink at pools of still water. And so the shepherd has to go to great lengths to, if there's only a babbling brook, how fun is that to say, by the way, a babbling brook uh, going through the field or the meadow, they, they have to then put some effort into maybe creating a channel to get some of the water over here and then dam it off so that it becomes still enough for the sheep to drink in because they will not rest until their thirst is quenched, but they will not drink until it's still. Or, or the farmer or the shepherd will have to dig a trough and then fill that trough with water in order for the sheep to drink. This is God's plan for us, that we would rest. We are not meant to produce and do and work, produce and do and work all the time. Now, living in a capitalist society, because that's what we're expecting to have all the time, we work and do and produce so that we can live at this place. Because we're not content with this. We, we only get content when we have this, right, if we're really honest. But God's like, no, I'm the good shepherd. I want to lead you beside still waters. I want to satisfy your thirst so that you can rest, because you can't be productive if you're not well rest, rested. And this is my, like, my, 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 if I'm going to have a rant for a minute, um, thank you for indulging me, um, about Sabbath. Like, people push back when we talk on Sabbath. Oh, that's an Old Testament thing. You're bringing in the law. No, it's the law. For us now as new covenant believers under this, this new life that Jesus has created for us, the Sabbath is not a rule that we must follow. The Sabbath is a gift that God gives us to receive. And so we don't have to be religious about it. Go, okay, well, that means that at, at Friday night I've got to sort of switch everything off and I can't work again until Saturday night. And so I've got to, it's like, no, 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 that, we're, making, we're making it law then. It's about the principle of the matter. It's about intentionally, that's the key word, intentionally carving out time and space to be present in that moment to enjoy the life God has given us, not just producing for a life we want one day. So I don't care if it's four hours. And I think the thing is, most people that push against it have it in their life already. They just haven't identified it. Most people have a period of time where they might go and play golf with the boys on a Friday. That's Sabbath. It's not producing. It's doing stuff that brings life to your soul and rest. It's worth my wife. Friday's golf. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> so we're not working. We're not responding to emails. We're not thinking. We're not helping. We're just, we're just being. We're enjoying God in the creation that he has given us to enjoy. We're not just hamsters on the wheel of trying to do and do and do. So, so here's my thing, right? Why I think Sabbath is important. This is my little own takeaway from it. Um, I've talked to many people over the years about the whole idea of annual leave, right? And, and I get this common feedback. Well, it's like, you know, you need a minimum of three weeks annual leave, holiday, every year. Um, because the first week is just the unwinding, the defragging, the just... 
uncoiling from the months of work you've done prior. And so you just need that first week just to fully unravel. And then week two, week three, you can really enjoy your holiday. I go, what a waste of a week. I kind of think Sabbath is a principle we should put in place on a week-to-week basis to keep us recharged emotionally, recharged physically, recharged spiritually, recharged mentally, so that when we get to our holiday after months of work and constant recharging through Sabbath principle, we can enter week one of holidays, hello, enjoying our holidays. Because we're dealing with the defragging, we're dealing with the uncoiling on a regular weekly basis. So day one, I'm like fully present in the moment, let's holiday this thing. Let's holiday as hard as I could possibly holiday. Not lying around going, oh, I'm so exhausted from all the work. It's like, get some better principles week to week in your life so we don't limp into holidays, we leap into holidays. That's a tweetable thing right there. I like that. (laughs) If only I had Twitter, I don't know. So, this rest, this still water. The shepherd goes to great lengths to create the still water for the sheep to drink from so that when they drink from it, they can rest. Now, I would argue, this is my point, that, that God is the rivers of living water that we need to drink from in order to rest. I think it's Psalm 42, 41 says, As a deer pants for water, so my soul thirsts for you. So once we drink of God, then we can truly rest. Because when we drink of God, when we, when we receive from him, when we, when we follow Jesus' um, invitation to, to have a, a life of freely and lightly, then we can just rest to have the pressures of the world taken off, off us. And not only that, I think like God has gone to great lengths for us to have these still waters for us to drink from. Like a shepherd goes to great lengths to, to rechannel the water so it's still for the sheep to drink. Jesus went on the cross and died the death we deserve to die, lived the life that we could never live, to create a, a space for us to have full reconciliation and communion with God once more so that we can now drink from him directly. And if the shepherd went to that much effort for us to drink, for us to have the thirst of our soul quenched by him, then I think it'd be a good idea for us to to bow our head at the well of the living water that is Jesus Christ and drink from him to satisfy that thirst so that we can truly rest and enjoy the life that God has for us. So, Psalm 23 verse 2. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Those green pastures... It's not a promise for everything's going to be awesome. It's a promise that he is with you no matter what is happening externally. And he will give us great contentment in whatever season life brings. And in that, he will give us not just the provision we need, whether it's ample or whether it's just enough, but he'll also give us the refreshment we need so that we can actually rest and be the kind of people that he has called us to be. And the thing is with this, he leads us, right, besides the waters. We can only be led as far as we're willing to follow. So how far are you willing to follow Jesus? Just when it's comfortable? Just when it's lush and green? Or are you going to follow Jesus even in the brown, arid, dry, lonely places? He is the good shepherd. When we follow him, 
goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our life. Because through Jesus, we can do all things through him who has strengthened us. Including and especially being content regardless of what's happening around us. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for your word that is living and true. I thank you for all of us here today that have heard your word, heard the truth of what the Bible teaches about you and about life and about us. Help us to not just hear that as a word and go, yeah, that's cool, but help us to figure out how we can apply and respond to that in our own life. Lord, that, we, that you lead us to places. I pray that we would follow you in your leading to those places. That when we follow the ways of our own life, of our own intellect, of our own preferences, that's never going to lead us to a place of true satisfaction or true provision or true refreshment or true rest. That's only found in you. So Lord, would you help us all today in whatever life might throw our way to follow your leading, to lay down and rest and be refreshed in the green pastures that you have provided for us. Would you bless us this morning? In Jesus' name, amen.